I'm Maeve Doyle and this is A Private View, a podcast series featuring interviews with key figures in the art world, the art market, artists, curators, critics, auction house experts, art dealers, gallerists, curators, and other individuals who are redefining and reshaping the world of art as we know it. Today I'm here to talk to you about a podcast series called The Rise of Street Art. Street art has become part of the art world and part of the luxury market in ways none of us would have imagined in the 70s and 80s when taggers were spraying trains and considered vandals. So when did vandalism become art? That's what I'm here to talk to you about. The first song I'm going to play for you is a song by Romilly's. The song's called Beat Bop, and it, it sort of is the beginning of the rise of street art in that this hip-hop single by Romilly's and K-Rob, and you may remember Romilly's. He had a show at Lazink in the last year or so. He has been influential in the street art scene for years. What's interesting about the song is the album cover was done by Jean-Michel Basquiat, and the two of them were rapping about a battle they had. And the battle was who was the best graffiti artist. And Romilly's resented the fact that Jean-Michel Basquiat had uh, made friends with Andy Warhol, and Andy Warhol was opening doors for him one after the other. So this great resentment, rivalry, and jealousy in the art market was at the beginning of the graffiti rise and evolution into the art world. Get funky in the place. Get funky in the place. This pathetic dope addicts have to be abused. It's the same what a thing to be a prostitute. Life is given to us just to do the right thing. Instead of that, we came a whole ball with big dope feet. Make you feel real bad every time I see Now, here are some of the facts. When does vandalism become art? I mean, for some people, it's a doodle in a bathroom stall that makes them smile. And for others, it's a moment when they encounter... Banksy's shop till you drop on Bruton Street, just off of Bond Street from uh, from 2011. I mean, a great piece. Street art has a long and controversial history, but in recent years it's evolved to be reinvented into a high art form. Uh, more and more artists appropriate public space, and what that means is they use the city. They use the city as a canvas. Uh, this is a political statement. So the term graffiti often refers to guerrilla artwork on inner city walls and train lines, a movement popularized in the late 60s and 70s. One of the earliest forms of graffiti was tagging or the use of elaborate topography to encode painter's name on the sides of buildings or subway cars. So think of Keith Haring, Jean-Michel Bat- Basquiat, I mean, of from our stable, Retina, as a name that's very recognizable, a writing style that's very recognizable. Artists got to points for tagging accessible locations. This is one of the keys to Banksy's work. How does he do it and remain anonymous? How does he get inaccessible locations like the Barbican Wall before the Basquiat show, like like the Bruton Muse place, like Sotheby's. How does he do it without anyone seeing it? This is part of the magic of being a great graffiti artist. 
the insular group is deter- with a determined skill evaluates their control to spray paint before they get arrested. Remember, graffiti art outside is still illegal. From the beginning, this art form was meant to be transgressive. In a world dominated by global branding, graffiti alienated the power of commercialism and government infrastructures. Street art was often viewed negatively by politicians and more affluent affluent communities because it was associated with gang culture. But the artwork served as a way for disenfranchised groups of citizens to express their dissatisfaction in society. Take a breath and think about that. Street art was also closely tied to hip-hop culture. As such, many artists began working in New York, but the medium rapidly expanded to other urban centers across the United States. Rap legend Fab Five Freddy, who you've heard Bradley Theodore speak about on this show, was intimately tied to graffiti community through work with Keith Haring and Jean-Michel Basquiat. I believe Basquiat stayed at their place. I mean, it was that kind of a world. It was a world pre-Instagram, pre-laptops. I mean, people would actually hang out with each other. There were scenes. And Herring became a household name in the history of street art. He's best known for his public installations on subways in New York in the 80s. And if you were in Miami in 2019, the Rubel family collection opened, and they ran a Keith Herring train. Uh, They also collected Keith Herring at the time, so they're interesting collectors. They are collectors who definitely influence art history. I mean, art history doesn't exist if someone doesn't write it down, document it, and pass it on to generations after the artist has passed away. That's why the show covers all the people in the art world. That's why A Private View in this podcast covers all the people in the art world. Everything fits together from the collectors to the gallerists to the auction house experts to the artists to the curators and In the world we're living in now, the lines are being blurred by people in the luxury market, by brands, by agencies, who are all helping to shape the way the art world's going forward. One of the more interesting things that's happening in this millennium is the luxury brand, and particularly the, you know, the leaders of the luxury brand, which is Louis Vuitton, are are embracing street culture. Now, those should be polarized worlds, that there should be economic gaps between them. They shouldn't come together. But what the luxury brand needed was meaning, and what street art needed was money. And so the two did a deal together and and have, have kind of got into bed together, if you don't mind the analogy, uh, because they actually serve each other quite well. So people like Ben Ein will have collaborated with Louis Vuitton, uh, the Chapman Brothers, we've got lots of herring work at the Louis Vuitton Foundation. That's just to name a few things. Uh, street art isn't going anywhere. It's moved into galleries and auction houses with the help of heavy hitters in the art world. I think infamously, Damien Hirst's spots was put into auction and he allowed Banksy to paint on his spot canvas, uh, which meant when that piece was auctioned, It was the first piece of street art that had gone through the system, the system being the auction house, and that means its value was accredited 
at Sotheby's. If you think back, it's the spot piece with the maid wiping dust under the rug. So underscoring the significance of the street art movement, the Whitney Museum held a retrospective of Basquiat's work. These are the early days in 1992. Today, the pieces reside in private collections and nearly every major institution in private collection wants or has a Basquiat. What is the future of street art? Well, I think it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. We know that Banksy is... Banksy has dominated the art world. No matter what the art world does, he always manages to take the spotlight away from it. And he does it in a conscious way. He is a political animal and hasn't sold out. His work with Extinction Rebellion last year was was extraordinary. This is a man now who's approaching 50, and he doesn't seem to be backing away from his commitment to street art and to the world as we know it. And what what is significant about street art is is that it gets people's attention, and Banksy has certainly been doing that. If you were collecting street art at this stage, the key pieces to start a collection would definitely be Herring, Basquiat. If you wanted something more unusual, a little bit... Uh, more outside of the norm, more for a refined aesthetic palette. You would want a Richard Hamilton. He didn't achieve the great fame during his day, but was definitely with them. Anything you can do now to to achieve, achieve a collection of street art is something you should do. So the people you need to look at are Invader, Mr. Brainwash, Keith Haring, Banksy, Basquiat, then go right into the world of hip-hop and make sure you understand the music of Romilly's, of Fab Five Freddy, countless others. What they were inspired, and that's where things link up, is they were inspired by Dizzy Gillespie and Bebop. So everything is linked together, and what it leads us to, I can't imagine. I can't imagine, but I definitely look forward to it. You've been listening to A Private View with me, Maeve Doyle. I'm Maddox Gallery's Artistic Director. I'm also BBC Radio London Art Critic. I'm a curator for Paddle 8. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out the Maddox Gallery website for easy updates. Follow me on Instagram at mavedoyle.art. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye for now.